Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast, talking to Chris Bueno, who is a TV and film producer. He's the president of Ocean Avenue Entertainment. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Great to be here. Absolutely great. Chris and I have known uh, each other for a very, very long time since we were kids. My dad was a pastor. His dad and mom were missionaries to Central America. I think that was El Salvador or was it Costa Rica or was it both? Both, both. In fact, uh, El Salvador, Panama, uh, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Colombia. Very, very good. Oh, I didn't know about Colombia. Chris's mom and dad, Elmer and Lee Bueno, were involved in television faith-based television way back in the 60s, which was, boy, that was the pioneer age of doing that. Talk about that. You must remember that, right, Chris? I do, yeah. In fact, it was the first evangelical television show throughout Latin America. 1968 is when it started. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, and that became the beginning of a lot of, you know, really a television ministry that my dad had for years and years. Right. And um, you and your lovely sister, Kim, were a duet in singing. And uh, your dad found his way, and mom, your dad found his way to PTL Television in Charlotte, North Carolina. And literally on the air one day with Jim Baker, where Elmer was the guest, Jim Baker pretty much uh, offered the job of vice president of Latin America Television to your dad, right? That's right. Yeah, it was a shock. At the time, and uh, I don't know if you know Roger Flessing at all, who was a vice president back then. Sure. He, he, uh, he had a clue because he had been instrumental in, in making sure my dad got invited. But, you know, um, you know they, they, Jim Baker really wanted to have a show that would be throughout Latin America. And, and, you know, to his credit, he wanted it to be a show that would be indigenous or at least in Spanish. And my dad, you know, he, he had, had, was just proficient in Spanish because his parents had been missionaries to Latin America. So he was raised in Latin America and, of course, was Californian as well. But, you know, Spanish was almost his first language. And, and so, you know, that became the beginning of the days when we had the Club PTL, as they called it. Mm-hmm. Para and, todo Latino. Para todo Latino, that's right. And, and uh, it had a tremendous impact because it was throughout Latin America. And, and uh, those, were, those were great days. And that's, that's when I started in, um, in, the, in this medium because I started working as a, as a camera guy at the PTL uh, club, you know, on the English version and uh, kind of cut my teeth in this whole area of, of, uh, of media. Excellent. I don't think you know this, but I actually worked on Club PTL uh, as a floor director now and then. And uh, it's so long ago, I forgot what I did. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> and then the host was Vincente Montano. Montano? Yeah, Vincente Montano. Right. I, I bumped into him once at a conference, I think, in Latin America, obviously. I think it was Miami. 
And I said, you don't know me, but uh, you're from San Diego. He says, yes. I said, I worked on the uh, Latin America PTL club and I was a floor director on some of the productions and I worked with you. He goes, you must be kidding. That's so long ago. And it was, <laughs> it was so cool. He's still a great guy and, and a, a fun guy as well. Okay. So you go from PTL. What was the next stage of your career? Where did you go uh, from there to Los Angeles? You know, at the time I uh, had been at, at PTL for a little over a year and a half and I felt like, yeah, I want to go to, I think I, I should go to Bible college. You know, it's what you do. And had all my plans and intentions were to, to, uh, you know, to go uh, to Bethany Bible college, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. My alma and, mater. Uh, yeah. yeah. And my roommate was uh, planning to be Greg Farrington, who's a pastor. Um, and and everything changed when my dad decided to leave PTL a little after that and came to California and he asked and wanted to know if I would produce the show that followed PTL, which was Buenos Amigos. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it and I thought, you know what? Um, I just had it in my blood. So I, th I said yes and kind of opted out of not doing Bible school, as it turned out, and went directly back into producing his show. Mm -hmm. And I worked for my dad for a number of years after that. And Bethany would have given you absolutely nothing in TV production uh, that would get you to where you are in your career today. What you did with Buenos Amigos, that was, that was uh, you know, right in the thick of learning how uh, to produce TV programs. Yeah, you know, you wonder if, I wonder if I would have maybe followed the, the pastorate, you know, but I, I don't know. You're probably right. And and I don't look back and think, oh, what would have been, what would have my life would have been? Because I really feel like God had his hand in all of it. And, uh, and so then after working for my dad for a number of years, which was a real blessing because he passed away quite a few years ago. And just having that experience of being really becoming really a close friend uh, was just, you know, something I treasured. Yeah. And and then I started my own post-production. At that point, I had my own post-production facility and um, my own Beta SP camera and was really more fully into the production end of things. And um, and so, you know, did a documentary on the history of the Bible, a lot of, a lot of projects like that. And it was really... Uh, after I produced this documentary I spent years on, out of my own sense of frustration with the distribution that I didn't feel I was able to get for it, gotcha. that I migrated over to the distribution side of things, which is where I've been for many years now, because I just felt like there was such a need that really wasn't being met, you know, on the distribution side. Great conversation with film producer and distributor Chris Bueno. We'll be back in 32 seconds. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Welcome back to the conversation with Chris Bueno. I, I do have to backtrack for a second because I have a little anecdote. I was working at a Trinity Broadcasting Network in the early 1980s, 
and you and your dad came by uh, to use the studio for Buenos Amigos. And um, you had this group that the entire crew absolutely went crazy over called Koinonia. Oh, and yeah. It was Alex uh, Acuna and Abra Abraham Laborio were the two guys I remember most. And this group was some the top jazz musicians that you could imagine at the time. And, and still, those guys are phenomenal. And our crew handled that. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Chris. <laughs> Koinonia was incredible was an incredible group yeah i know i remember that too i mean those guys were number one they were at the top of their field right uh, studio players that came together and it was it was one of those things where being able to produce my dad's show i kind of got to to do the kinds of things that you wouldn't normally see <laughs> right and i would you know i was the one that was like i want to get these guys on yeah you know yeah so, were they yeah. were they were they difficult to book? Not really, not really, not at all. In fact, about oh, I'm going to say 12 years ago, I was at the Summers Got Church, no, the Foursquare Church in in Eagle Rock, L.A., uh, you know, Pasadena area, and uh, Alex Acuna was um, no Justo Mario. He was the 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 you know the sax player. He was sitting next to me. And so we rem reminisced quite a bit about that experience. Wow. And he had reminded me that his mom, I think it was, had gotten, had become a believer through my dad and the PTO club years and years ago. So wow. it's like, there's all these connections that I was just thrilled, you know, that, uh, you know, you, you just don't know how many people were impacted. Right. And we, we never will know, but it, it is so cool that um you know there's this reminder that you're probably having much more effect and reaching more people than you'll ever know because there's an audience out there and there's no way to know everybody that was that is very cool and you're sitting next to each other uh uh in a church service and whoa we know each other and begin to share stories yeah i know it's awesome hey, let's get back to distribution for a minute uh, because um, right now, and, and, and let's talk about Netflix for a minute. And I, want, I will want to go back in, in a minute, Chris, to talk about Facing the Giants. And, oh, you know, let's do that first. Go, go back. If you worked on um, over the years, over the last few decades, a number of faith-based uh, movies and films, documentaries. Talk about working in that genre and working in that arena because in 1995, The Passion of the Christ, by Mel Gibson changed the viewpoint of Hollywood when it came to faith-based. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, you know, I, I again getting back to the distribution side of things, I, I, I just felt like there was not any real mainstream distribution for for movies that would appeal to a faith audience, right? Mm -hmm. And so, gosh, you know, I think it's what fifteen years ago or, or longer. Um, I was at a conference, ICBM, International Christian Visual Media Conference, which I go to usually every year. And there was, uh, you know, two brothers, uh, Steve and Alex Kendrick, that were there. And they, they were shopping a movie that they had not quite finished. And so I met them and they showed me some scenes and it was to a movie facing the Giants. And... They were like, they had plans to have it on theatrically, like within two or three months, even though it wasn't finished, really. And <clears throat> I just, you know, I liked the scene. 
And then they had, they had their other movie that they'd done before, which is Flywheel. And I remember watching that movie, two-hour movie, uh, that evening up until midnight. I was just so impressed that they were able to pull that off with the budget they had. Anyway, long story short, a few months later, we, uh, my business partner and myself at the time, picked up the rights to represent that movie, Facing the Giants. And it took a number of months to, to find the right home for it. But Sony ultimately said they wanted to, they felt it was a good movie to release theatrically, which is what their goal was. And, and then, you know, when it, when it did get released, it shocked everyone because it made $10 million, which for a movie that only costs 125000 to make was just right. astounding, right? And, and it really kind of defined the that new genre of the lower budget faith-based movie that would would get you know full let's say distribution by a major studio and it never really happened before so um and i you know and i would say that facing the giants was kind of a everybody felt like it was lightning in the bottle i mean sony was shocked I remember afterwards they said we thought the movie if the movie would have made a million and a half we would have been happy the fact that it made 10 million was just astounding to them and they even said that one of the things they did on the exit polls was that they found that 40 percent of the people that went to the movie went because their pastor recommended it and they were just like it, to them it was like this is a whole new world um but it wasn't until uh three years later when fireproof came out and that one made I think it was 36 million that it became like, this isn't a fluke. This is, there's something here. And, uh, and then of course this was all before the division of Sony, which is now Affirm films was created. And it, and Affirm was really created on the back of, of, of probably face a uh, uh, fireproof because they saw that, okay, we need to have a special division that really manages these movies. So yeah, that's, that's, in a nutshell, that was my previous history. Great conversation in this episode with Chris Bueno. Join us for the next episode where we'll pick up the conversation, learn more, and uh, find out about the film business. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.